Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our conversations. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like Jesus. Amen. Now stag some peppermint tea in your favorite mug and enjoy the Deep Waters podcast. Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. I am, one, so excited to be back. I missed last week and Benji's incredible interview with uh, Jordan. So if you haven't heard that, please go check it out. And uh, we're here today. Uh, I'm Jace. We have Benjamin Olson. <laughs> and our special guest is the great Becca Biazone. <laughs> <laughs> We're very excited to have uh, Becca on the podcast today. Uh, if you don't know Becca, or this is the first time you've ever heard of Riverhouse, Becca is our is your title worship leader, worship director, worship director. Okay, okay, worship wow. director, pastor, reverend, something oh, like that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. <laughs> she directs us while we worship. Mm-hmm. Right. That's an incredible thing. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So if you see her up there with those like airplane signaling direction things, the little oh, baton. oh, the baton. Yeah, that too. Oh, like that kind of a director. Sure. Mm. Sure. sure. A director in every sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. yes. Yeah. Or she's in a director's chair, like a film director. <laughs> action. No, I'm not. I'm really not trying to make fun of your job title. I, we're very happy to have you here. I don't normally. We don't normally so roast much. people Thank when you. they come on the podcast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, what are we talking about today, Benji? Yeah, today we're going to continue our little series we've been doing on worship. So you're a wonderful person to have on for that, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, before we get into the questions about worship, I'm wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about your background in church and worship, Mm -hmm. maybe musically, whatever you want to share about your upbringing. Yeah. When were you born? I'll start at the beginning. 1994. <laughs> Incredible. Good year. We were all born in 1994. Wow, we praise That's God. Such a beautiful oh. thing. Wow, if anyone else is listening and was born in that year, then high Be five blessed. yourself. Yes. <laughs> That's great. High five yourself. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I grew up in a Nazarene church. Um, same churches? You, Jace. Yes, yeah. We grew We've up known each other for a long time. Many, many moons. Yes. Um, and uh, I actually, my dad was a worship pastor, so I grew up really involved in the church and in worship. And I played piano. Um, didn't do much singing, actually, but I did a lot of piano for most of my growing up years. Even and like children's church. Yes, yeah. I was. Yeah. I did the sound in like yes. fifth grade. She did the piano. Oh, fun. And I would ask Dynamic her like every duo. week, can you play Jump by Van Halen? <laughs> and so it was my favorite thing. She turned the piano. I could piano. play it. And I yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was the best. Wow, this is so fun. Yeah. This history is making this podcast so much more exciting. I forgot about That's such a good memory. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, I started on the, the soundboard at a very young age. But right. Jace also plays piano yeah. very well. Yeah. So. Not as good as Becca Piazone. <laughs> but yeah, so I was just in the church um, all the time, it felt like. And 
Um, I played piano. I also played, my parents would go and do like um, fourth through sixth grade girls camp, like at Trinity Pines every year. And I would go and be a part of the band. I would play the bass guitar also. So worship and church were always part of my life. Um, I, in seventh grade, my family decided to move to South Korea and it was devastating. It was a sad <laughs> goodbye for but, sure. Mm-hmm. My parents are teachers and they decided to go teach at an international school and it was a Christian school. So then we over there just were um, in this community of all these teachers and their families that were also Christians. And so we had a church. A, I would say that it was a non-denominational church not really because that's what we said we were, but because it was such a melting pot of people from all mm. over the world and the denominations and types of churches that they were coming from that it was kind of impossible to say that this church of this school was like one specific denomination. Sure. So yeah, that was kind of a totally different experience as far as it was not a Nazarene church. It was lots of different things. There were a lot of people in our church that were actually Catholic. And then there were Lutheran, there were Baptists. There was definitely people that had come from um, maybe more of a Pentecostal, like charismatic background, but it was just a total mix. And that was cool. And I think it gave me some perspective kind of worship aside, but just as far as like, wow, there's, a lot of good that the Lord is doing in things that are mm. outside the Nazarene church. And wow. cause that just I been my world. That. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. I was able to get involved in the praise team. So we were called like for yes. the school and junior high, high school was a part of that and was doing some leading and just learning that, Worship was not at all about me because if it was, especially just with what we were working with at that school, (laughs) then it was just a really horrible experience because none of us were good at our instruments or singing. We didn't know we were ninth graders. And so we just quickly learned that, yeah, if we're in this for me, probably would have quit a long time ago because it's not fulfilling if I'm just not singing to the Lord. And so... Mm. I kind of, yeah, I was definitely maturing in understanding what worship was even supposed to be and that it was about the Lord. And um, that was a really fun time and a really growing time for me as a worshiper and a worship leader. And then since I was from Idaho, I ended up coming back and being a student at Northwest Nazarene University, which is here in Nampa. And that, again, was a Nazarene environment, um, which was kind of challenging for me to come back into after being where I was overseas and in that culture of, I mean, the country itself, but also just all the different types of Christianity and denominations that I was around. So that was a little challenging to come back to kind of like one vision again and one specific way of doing things. But I think that was healthy for me because I was able to kind of go back and wrestle and create some of my own opinions about church and 
what I have been taught versus what I'm going to decide myself, I believe, and I think is important. And so it was a, yeah, defining time of like my own personal relationship with the Lord. And I was involved in lots of worship. We got to do lots of camps and, um, I loved it. And I saw the Holy Spirit move in really cool ways. Um, and then had some connections with River House um, through Eagle Nazarene, which is that first church, as well as NNU. Um, and so I would come and kind of be a supporter and sub if somebody was sick or things like that, just because these were my friends. Um, but we were plugged into a Nazarene church in Nampa, so I wasn't really going to River House regularly. Um, but my husband and I, we, Pedro, that's his name. He's the best. We um, love Pedro. <laughs> yeah. You'll see you'll see him on stage yeah. as well, too. He's usually talking into the mic. But you don't back. hear any but sound. But you don't hear any sound. It's confusing. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big conundrum. We can get into that later. I still right. think it's a mystery. Carry on. <laughs> and so we would come and help, and we really loved River House. Um, like, it was like people that we loved. And we loved what we felt inside of us as far as like something different. And yet we also were like absolutely freaked out by <laughs> River House and the charismatic worship and such a heavy reliance on the Holy Spirit like I think we'd never really seen before. And so there was like something inside of us that was like drawn to it, but really, really like scared of just something new and different. Um, so we kind of kept it at arm's length for a long time, just coming and helping out. And then in a transition time for us, we were praying about what church we were supposed to go to. And we, yeah, went to a lot of different churches and ultimately looked at each other and we're like, we know that we're supposed to be at river house mm -hmm. because if nothing else, it's the place that we feel like God is challenging us the most um, to even just dig deeper into our own theology and our own, um, yeah, just relationship with Jesus. And so then coming to Riverhouse, we ended up getting plugged in and it was kind of the first time I was ever exposed to a different type of worship, like where we talked about ministering to the heart of the Lord. And I didn't really get that for a long time and I was feeling confused and feeling yeah a lot of different things um but I was finding that my upbringing had brought me to a place where I loved leading worship because I I had such a heart for like the people and wanting to like create a space and do everything in my power to allow them to like encounter the Lord which I had and so I wanted that for them but it was also like that was the end of it. And so it was like, it was unto the Lord, but it was a lot about, um, the people that I was leading, um, and wanting them to be able to like commune with God in that place. And I, I struggled then to be in places where I wasn't leading worship because I think I just had never really gotten to a place where I understood what worship was about, except that it was maybe my time to just come and like experience the presence of God, um, which I love that, but river house was kind of first place that I, there was something new going on and I took me so long to feel like I got it and I understood it and I'm still like learning it a lot. But mm -hmm. I think I realized I was like, Oh, minister the heart of God. Like one day it just clicked for me 
after a thousand people explained it and I was like, I still don't get it. But I finally just was able to understand the idea that I, as a leader or as someone that's in the congregation, that my sole purpose is to bless the Lord and lift my praises despite emotions or circumstance and that as a leader, I can still have a heart for people, but that I want to lead by example, which actually means I spend time looking at him the same as everyone else. And yeah, and then that's just been a journey, Mm -hmm. but that's been kind of my quick little route over the years of just different churches and worship experiences. No, totally. That's so good. I'm curious. I mean, I think a lot of people probably have that same question. There's a lot of um, different phrases we use at River House, and one of them being ministering to the heart of God. What, I mean, you, I think you might have touched on it a little bit, but like if you were going to kind of define that in a black and white sense of like what it means to minister to the heart of God. Is it like focusing on him, like when your emotions are in different places or like you, I'm, I'm just curious how you kind of, kind of clarify that. Yeah. Mm. To clarify it, I would say ministering I got to like that word and I think that's the word I was always like what does that mean mm-hmm. like, I it's don't like get do it. I pastor the heart of God yeah, is that yeah. what we're doing I think for uh, me yeah. what I came to was like when you're ministering to someone it's like a selfless act like it has to be not about you oh, yeah. and about the other person whether it's giving them encouragement or giving them affirmations or simply like giving them your undivided attention, that all of that, I see that as like ministering to people. Um, And so I think for me, that's when it clicked was like to bring selfless worship to the Lord is meaning that I come totally content and happy to just tell God how much I love him and to kind of practice some discipline of like I'm going to choose to reflect and I'm going to choose to sing or say scriptures that are like truths about God and things that I've seen him to be um, because I know that that is telling him good things and loving things um, which blesses him and if I experience his presence I think that's incredible and that's like what my soul like longs for but ultimately that my soul would actually long even more just to like make him feel loved out of like my selfless worship where I'd be content even if I didn't really get anything out of it and I think that that's something I struggled with for a long time because I would come to worship times and I'd walk away and I'd be like I just wasn't really feeling worship today and like that's like a real thing I feel like a lot of people people, experience and I think that like to a point that's still like a reality of like the Lord's always doing different things and meeting with people in different ways um so I think it's normal to be like yeah I didn't really like have this encounter today with God um but I think what changed for me was like to be okay with that but to not let that mean that maybe I stand there just kind of waiting for the next song or waiting for it to even be over, which is something I did for a long time because I was like, I'm not feeling it. So I'm not really going Mm -hmm. to do anything because 
obviously it's not really for me today Mm -hmm. or something like that. And realizing that it was maybe a little bit more of a discipline of like, is a selfless, a selfless act, a selfless move of finding the words. And even when the words aren't really great, or maybe they're not, I'm not resonating with the words on the screen. I'm going to choose to still lift up some type of praise to him was, I think, I mean, that's not a short answer, but (laughs) no, that's so good. (laughs) I think that's kind of what started to get into my head more that I hadn't really thought about much. I love that. I love that you said the word discipline a few times, because that's something that I like butted up against a lot too of like, I think I went through this moment in my walk with Christ that I was very like, I don't want to do anything because I'm supposed to do it. Mm, mm-hmm. Or like, I don't want to be religious about it. Totally. And I threw out the baby with the bathwater, which was the disciplines of following the Lord wow. and just showing up and choosing to selflessly pour out. Cause I, I remember going into worship sets. I'm like, I'm not in that worshipy mood right, right now. Right. And so I'm just going to sit down and check my email or something yeah. like I've, yeah. I've done that oh, yeah. at river house, but like a few years Same. ago. <laughs> um, and so it's like, and I'm like, Oh Lord, like I totally missed it. You know, I totally missed a moment mm-hmm. where I could just, it's for you. Right. It's for you. It's not, it's about not me. It's not this plug and play. I go and sit down for two hours in this place and I leave with peace. It's mm. like, I think we have to, it, there's a, there's a bigger walk and practice in all that than just a consumeristic plug and play thing. Yeah, right. this is really good. I'm thinking part of why I wanna have this conversation and why I'm so g- grateful we're talking about it now is because I think it's healthy for us as a church body and as a greater capital C church to talk about what worship even is, like at the grand scale worship, and then also what the point of singing these worship songs mm. is. Um, and I think you're getting at that exactly with this ministering to the heart of the Lord. Um, cause if you see it in that perspective, it can't be consumeristic. Like I've had that experience a lot where I'm church hopping yeah, or hear about other people who are church hopping. And then they say, well, like the preaching was okay. And he could have used a couple more references to the Bible, but uh, the the music just wasn't really my vibe. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, which is just so consumeristic, and you know, in the and sense, it's like real. It's it's like we all have musical preferences. That's oh, not true. like yeah. a weird thing to have. If I went to a church that had heavy metal worship, <laughs> I probably wouldn't stick around for very long. It's just not my cup of tea. Uh, you know, I don't blame you. <laughs> I went to a church in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, once. <laughs> Where it was a Presbyterian church and all of the worship was jazz. Really? And there was like a snare drum, like a little drum kit, you know, with a hi-hat and a saxophone. (laughs) And we were like singing with this cool swing vibe. It was really fun and like artistic and beautiful and also worshipful. Yeah. And so different than other other cultures, which I think is part of why I think it's healthy for us to zoom out and remember, well, what yes. is worship to begin with? It's not defined by those really epic electric guitar riffs and right. ambient reverb mm. um, or, you know, like mm-hmm. this particular worship song. Like as long as we sing how he loves totally. at least once every month, then <laughs> I know that we're really going after the heart of God or something because <laughs> oh, yeah. it just takes so many different forms based on our culture but yeah, like I like 
deciphering what that heart of worship is behind all of those cultural things. And I think you're hitting it with ministering to the heart of the Lord. It reminds me of the worship song, I'm Coming Back to the Heart of Worship, where it's all about you, Jesus. I mean, I don't know if you can talk on this a little bit, but there is a shift in even the worship music that I think we are, that we sing at church that is even being produced across the the Christian music realm, worship realm. I think I look, I think back to like 10 years ago and there was a lot of like, you make me brave. Yes. Yeah. Oceans. You called me out on the water and these kind of things that are more us focused. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Can you like, I think there is a shift happening or has happened. Where do you feel like we are on that? Cause I think so many things are like Jesus is Lord, you know, yeah. like that mm-hmm. we're going to stay on that for an hour <laughs> instead yeah. of this like kind of anthem of like what he's done for me. I yeah. I think, yeah, I think so too. I mean, I'm no expert, but <laughs> well, you're here as an expert. I, so. think, <laughs> I think that a lot of worship music right now is that it's like really that like selfless like we're just gonna sing to Jesus and it almost like we love to sing about what he's done for us and I mean which is beautiful I sing that all the time like I love to do that but like the idea of like what if we even got past that and it was just like like we just love him just because he's Jesus Hmm. and that's like it and he what if I never like could look back at my life and honestly see a like good thing according to my worldly standards and still be fine to just say he's Jesus so I'm I'm just gonna sing because that's it and I feel like that's what a lot more songs that we're starting to see are like and I think it really aligns with that ministering to the heart of God and and I think ultimately when we're practicing this selfless worship, it's it's transforming people in a way that maybe some of the other songs can't because even though it's singing about what he's done, it's still such a like, and we're talking about ourselves and what he does for me. Um, and like if I'm not seeing that. Yeah, it's almost like his goodness is slightly yeah. tied to that a little bit, even though I know that's mm. not the intent oh, of yeah. those songs. I mean, those songs are beautiful. I'm not bashing I know, them I at love all. Those. I love those songs. But. but yeah, I think there's something changing even in our hearts when we're kind of getting, when we're getting it, which I feel like I'm still getting it and it's taken a lot. But I think that that's something we're starting to see, you know, in other places, whether it's like Upper Room or Jesus yeah. Image and... I think even Hillsong, you know, like some of the more production-y like churches that have released so many songs over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something different about some of these songs and Absolutely. it's kind of changing people. Yeah. And I like that when you talk about it that way, it's not just Upper Room or just Maverick City or wherever, but it seems like a move of the Holy Spirit that's happening yeah. globally. Yeah. You know, because of the confirmation that multiple worship cultures are producing this all around the globe mm-hmm. and it's catching 
fire makes me feel like it is a Holy Spirit movement. And there yeah. have been different kinds of movements in the past. I'm thinking about a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, Jace, where we talked about like the reformers, the way that like an old Anglican minister would write a hymn mm. with beautiful theological lyrics um, in part trying to educate so that people could meditate on the goodness of the story of God because they might not have known how to read. Mm. And their worship mm -hmm. song was like a way to get to the place of worship where they even knew the story of God such that they could be yeah. faithful of it. And maybe that was the move wow. of the Holy Spirit in that time. And yeah. not to say that hymns don't still have a place because at least for they me, do. they totally do. Um, but it's fun to think about the different graces of the Holy Spirit in different seasons of the church. And right now we're just tapping into this this particular flavor of worship. Yeah. Would you say that? Yeah, I would. And I think too, like what you're saying about hymns, it's like, it's not this new move. It's not like, like, I don't really think it's new, like as far as like, and we have to write all new songs right now mm. about this newness. I think it's like, it's this maybe like new grace or new wine that like the Lord is like pouring out right now. The Holy Spirit is. And then it's like cool to like, have a, a appreciation and a reverence for tradition in it because then we get to look back and we're like looking at songs like how great thou art yeah. that are like old and timeless but then when you like look at the lyrics you're like wait these people got this like it's literally wow. that's a song about like god being great and it's like they got it like mm -hmm. however long ago that was i don't even know <laughs> i don't know and it's something that I'm learning for the first time right now, but I don't want to kid myself and think like I've been given this new revelation. It's like, this is God and he's always been this way. And yeah, Beautiful. there's been different parts of him that have been highlighted over the years, but ultimately praising God for being God and that's it. And being content with that is something that it does. Like when I look back, it is something timeless. It's just like, I don't know. For some reason, this is the first time for me that I'm putting words to it and mm -hmm. being like, oh, that is what I want to do. And that's what I've been made to do. And then it's cool to to look back and see people have gotten this over the course of however long it's been. Yeah. Even though it's taken really different forms yeah. over the years. Yeah. In different cultures. Like Jason yeah. and I were, were just having fun talking about the monks who would chant hymns in latin mm. and i'm sure there were some days where that felt incredibly stale but other days where like thinking about one of the psalms and meditating on it even though the melody sounded really boring because it was just a chant was actually an incredibly pure place of worship mm -hmm. um anyway i love that uh, can i ask going back a little bit when yeah. you were sharing your story you said when you and Pedro were first coming to Riverhouse, I believe you used the words freaked out. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Which is just so fun. A little intense for the podcast. <laughs> no, freaked out. We like freaking we out. We like freaking out. I'm a yes. Jesus freak. It's usually a good sign <laughs> if we're freaked out. <laughs> um, I would love to hear more about your process of like what yeah. that meant. What was bothering you or was uncomfortable or felt new? And what was the process of um, adopting it and yes. loving it? Or what things have you chosen not to adopt? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So 
First of all, I will say Pedro is Brazilian. He grew up in Brazil and he grew up in a Nazarene church that like doesn't look anything like the Nazarene churches that you see, at least here in Idaho. And so his perspective was actually like I say we were freaked out and like we were, but like I was a lot more than he was like he'd just been exposed to some of these other things. But I mean, how would like how would you say that's different from the Idaho Nazarene church to the Brazilian Nazarene church? Like I know both believe in the Holy Spirit and talk about the move of it. And yet what I've seen and talked to him and his dad being the pastor in Brazil is just that there's. I yeah, I like there's a heavier it's it's a lot more of a topic of conversation. The Holy Spirit is okay. in his church. And then on top of that, I guess maybe like any type of like physical manifestation of the spirit and like physically moving in worship or reacting to the Lord. Something a lot more common there that I just wasn't as exposed to in the couple Nazarene churches that I've been a part of in Idaho. Mm -hmm. Like barely, like maybe not exposed at all. (laughs) Like if I'm looking back at my childhood, like. So things like that, that were much more common to him. Okay. I was very like, whoa, this is different. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) And things like I was very, oh, I was so new and uncomfortable to speaking in tongues, to singing in the spirit. Like, what is that? Like, sing out your own song kind of a thing. Yeah, LOL. I'm yeah. like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to do. <laughs> I, can you record that song? I think we need that as a church. Yeah, that was I kind agree. of a Gregorian chant. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was beautiful. But that, um, oh, gosh. I mean, like, holy laughter was so oh, yeah. uncomfortable mm. for me. Yeah. Which it still is, let's be honest. But it's not, it was like, I think what I realized was it was all these things that were new to me. I mean, even just how much I would move in worship, like I would raise my hands that that was like it. There was nothing else going on. And I think I was realizing, number one, I've had this ingrained, um, which is biblical, like, mindset of like follow the peace and like where I feel peace and where there's peace like that's where the Lord is and so then I was really confused because I would come to this church and I would like feel like like uncomfortable about these things and then my own thought process was like not feeling this isn't peace then and then like I'm really struggling with like so then is this the Lord and like Mm. do I believe in this am I okay with this and it was a weird thing because it was also like people that I trust so much and I know so well in leadership. And so I was really confused. Yeah. Um, I got to a point where like, yes, that's biblical and I believe that. And then I think I also realized if my, if my heart isn't completely open to like, always asking the Lord, like, is this you? And could this be you? Then sometimes this like peace that I'm following as much as like, I want to say, like my heart was fully surrendered to the Lord. I think some of the peace that I was trying to follow was actually just more tied around like my own personal preferences and what I'm comfortable with. And 
realizing that there was more of me to surrender and say like, would I be willing to accept the fact that this is the Lord? Like, what if it is like, would I be willing to accept that it is him? And I started to wrestle and wrestle with all these different things and moments. Um, asking God like, okay, could this be you? Like, could this be you? And could I be okay if it was, um, mm. and it's not like it's been perfect. Um, it's not like I've just had this perfect human communication <laughs> with the Lord, but I started to realize like, what if I could just be okay if that was God? And I've, I've found moments where I've like been at peace and I've realized there's still discernment and there's still certain moments where I can tell I'm like, man, whatever is in me right now is, I think that's like God giving me discernment about like, like humanity is in the room and like, we're always struggling between like spirit and flesh. Um, mm -hmm. but then there's been a lot of moments where things that used to make me feel uncomfortable, the Lord's been like, what if I asked you to do that? <laughs> and like, wow. would you be okay if I asked you to, and it was unto me. And then it's almost been this journey of me being like, okay, well I know my own heart and I know that I'm trying to just fully go after God and be surrendered to whatever he asked me. And so then when he's like, Hey, get up and like jump around and dance unto me. And I'm like, but yesterday I looked at that other person doing that. And I was like, I don't feel peace. Like wow. that's not, yeah. that's yeah. that maybe that's not God. And, and I'm just realizing like, I'm not really the judge of all this. Like I really can't, I can't speak to like what is and isn't the Lord all the time. Like that's not something as a human, I think I have the ability to do, but I have the ability to try. I have to try, go after the Lord and in following the peace, I'm learning to really like check my heart over and over and be like, is that, am I not feeling peaceful? Cause I'm just feeling uncomfortable and realizing that maybe sometimes those are two different things. Mm -hmm. And like peace from Jesus is mm -hmm. different than human uncomfort yeah, or sometimes. Or like fear of man, you know? And so it hasn't really, it's not, I don't like feel like I've swung to this other end of like just being accepting of all things all the time and just being like, yes, it's God all the time. But I think it's more of a healthy place of always wanting to take things and ask the Lord what he thinks and really trying to get down to like, what's my issue here? Like, is my issue something personal where I'm just uncomfortable with this? Or mm -hmm. is this like my spirit discerning that maybe, yeah, there isn't peace in the room right now. And then that helps me understand like if it's the Lord or not. Yeah. And so that's been wow. a journey. And it's feel like a lot of it, unfortunately, has been like on stage where <laughs> like God's been like, yeah. why don't you sing out your own song right now? And I'm like, God, I don't believe that you're asking me to do that. <laughs> it's like wow. it's because huh. I don't want to because it's weird and it's yeah. uncomfortable and it's nothing that I've ever been used to. And I've had to wrestle with a lot of this and I've had to like do some of this stuff that I feels like a few days before was saying like, no, I don't think that mm. that's the Lord or that he's asking that to happen right now. And then it's like, I turn around and as I'm trying to open my heart more to him, he's like, would you be willing to do this for me? And so then I'm doing it and 
it's just funny, honestly, yeah. because it's like in what he's asking me to do is get out of my comfort zone. He's like teaching me like there's been a lot of people before you that have actually like been a lot more willing than you. <laughs> and wow. it's just been a wild time. And it's been, yeah, it's funny to look at where he has me now and to think that like, I don't know, some of these people in this church didn't know me like a couple of years ago. And I just like, wasn't the same. Hmm. And wow. I don't think also that worship is like, and then everyone has to dance all the time. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they're not worshiping. Yeah. It's just like, it's been a personal conviction. That I've been realizing I wasn't even letting my heart be sensitive to before. Wow. I was just kind of clouding it with my own preferences and maybe a bit of judgment. Um, almost like putting myself in that like deity like role of like I know what's best. The judge. And so it's been a lot of unraveling and God asking me to do all the things that I was like I'll never do that. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I think interesting. Your, your experience just I feel like is so helpful. Yes. I hope it's really helpful to our listeners because um you know, I didn't know where you were coming from from a worship standpoint two years ago yeah. or before. And it's really easy for me and I'm sure for m basically everyone else to see you on stage worshiping mm -hmm. spontaneously, dancing, jumping in joy. And for me to assume that's the way that you have always worshiped right. and have felt very comfortable worshiping. Right. Um, but thank you for letting us into this process because I think it validates hopefully all of our processes. Yeah. You know. And I hope so. That was, like, like, that was such an honest answer. I really appreciate that. Right? <laughs> and I think what I, I admire the most out of the honesty in your answer is that whenever there was a wrestle or a struggle or a lack of peace or a discomfort, um, your communication with the Lord felt so open in the way that you responded. Mm. Um, you even dialogued out like, wow, Lord, this is how I feel. Is this you? Even the way you're modeling that demonstrates that you're the kind of person who's just talking to God mm -hmm. regularly. And I think that's where the healthiest processing is done in any aspect of our discipleship. You know what I mean? So yeah. thank you for letting us in yeah. that. That was holy. <laughs> no, really, really good. Mm -hmm. I think just as just for like the listeners of this podcast, um, I don't know. Yeah, like I think a lot of people are like, do I have to stand the whole time right do i have to raise my hands right like when i see you know pastor justin raise his hands right. is that like a sign that like this is the moment that i need to raise my hand i remember having these conversations with myself mm -hmm. and the lord and other people like a few years ago but i feel like now that we're in i think in a more profound worship space i don't know i think people still come up come against that and yeah i'll make if you could make sense speak to that too of like what's worship supposed to look like in the physical space yeah. like where we're at? Cause I, I think there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of fear of man. There's a lot of totally. comparison. And I mean, even just to bless us to not be comparing to one another. Yeah. Like yeah. if you could do that, that'd be great too. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I totally get the temptation even of like, I'm on stage and like, I'm like looking down and like, I'm seeing our head pastor like raise his hands and I'm like, there's like a temptation to be like, 
oh good the lord's here because <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like people that you like respect yeah, totally. and like you know you're like i trust you hear from god and i'm like great <laughs> like, wow and and that's not like that's normal yeah you know like, i feel that way all the time where did that come from you know like where did we like Hands raised means the presence of the Lord is here, you know? Raise him. He's here. <laughs> oh, that's so... I would love to know. And the, it's also such a cultural thing, too. Not yes. to interrupt you, but, like, that's, yeah, like, an is. American cultural thing, yes. you know? Like, I've, you know, being in, yeah. like, uh, Southeast Asia, they sit down, like, on cross-legged mm -hmm. with the drum the whole time, you know? It's, like, so different, <laughs> wow. but, like, still so, like... Um, meaningful for them so yeah. not to interrupt I'm like that's just a funny I realize that like that's a cultural thing it's that's an American church thing like in Korea like all of like their culture is so wrapped around like um, like physical like showing um, like hierarchy and like honoring like people and so there's so mm. much like bowing in their culture so like our church like and I went, I mean, there was a time where I was actually at a Korean church, um, which is a little different than obviously the one I was going to that was a part of the school. But literally, we walked in and we got on our knees and we stayed on our knees the whole worship set. And there wasn't a single person standing because wow. that was just like, that's how you worship. And that's how you like show wow. honor and reverence like to the mm -hmm. Lord, because culturally, that is how you show yeah. honor and respect to people. So even for me, that's been interesting. Like as I've worshipped, I'm like, like very comfortable actually to do that rather than like some of the other stuff that I mm -hmm. feel like God's been working yeah. on me. But that was never something that was really uncomfortable wow. for me. Although I know for other people that could be like, oh, like for me to kneel down right now, it's like something so different and so like that's a big moment and hard mm -hmm. to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, totally, it's cultural. <laughs> That's so fascinating. Yeah, I love looking at different cultures because I feel like it exposes that like worship doesn't have to look one particular way. Mm -hmm. And that's liberating for people who don't want to express mm -hmm. worship in the like quote unquote quote right way. Yeah. I'm reminded of a handful of conversations I've had with some of our youth group members just in the past week that have felt like they're struggling in worship because mm. they don't want to engage in the same way. They yeah. like don't feel like dancing and mm -hmm. feel encouraged to dance sometimes by their peers that are jumping or dancing around them. And yeah. And they're like, well, do I, do I have to muster something out of myself that doesn't feel authentic? Um, is it okay if I'm just a quiet worshiper and I just want to sit down? So I hope that, if you're a listener to this podcast and you find yourself in that kind of a position, you recognize the freedom that yes. exists in the space of yes. worship. Ultimately mm -hmm. what I've been finding, and this has just been my own personal journey with the Lord is that I think a corporate worship space, like a big part of it is that we're worshiping together. Like there's a significance to gathering as the church and therefore there is like a significance to kind of like submitting and like choosing to be a part as far as like singing and engaging with what the congregation is doing and mm. maybe where the leader is leading us. Even if it's like, I'm not really like feeling that it's like a push to like, I'm going to engage and I'm going to submit because I trust that the Holy spirit is moving through like this leader or these people right now. And I'm going to choose to be a part of it, even if I'm not 
feeling it. Mm. But I don't think that that means like my like outward, like the way worship looks. I think it's more about like my heart Mm -hmm. and then the lyrics that I'm trying to engage with or the aspect of God I'm trying to like focus on is I'm trying to be in unity with these people because otherwise I kind of might as well be at home worshiping alone. Sure. So I'm trying to engage with like the congregation and have it be a corporate setting. But how I worship, I don't think it's, it's not about like, is it okay if I'm just someone that likes to dance more or is it okay if I'm just someone that likes to sit around more, um, like quietly and soak? I think it's, it's, it's literally just about like, is my heart open to whatever God's going to ask me to do right now? And Hmm. that's, that's the journey like I've been on is because, yeah, I was like, that's not really my style for a long time. And personality, I think like the Lord made us certain ways. And so I don't think like he's not just like trying to turn us all into like the same person as far as how we worship him. We don't have to sway back and forth yeah. in time with the worship leader <laughs> swaying back and forth. <laughs> like, <laughs> do all these motions. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but Benji, I Benji do. has his shoes off. We all have to take our shoes off. <laughs> right. Ooh, I do like to do that. <laughs> I think it just, it, it seemed to me like God is just wanting people with surrendered hearts and that even if it's wow. out of outside of my personality which funny enough as much as people would probably argue at this point dancing around was not something that I wanted to do or ever saw myself doing um in worship and that was like something that I just felt like he asked me to do and honestly sometimes I'm like this is the last thing I want to do this is the last thing I want to do wow because of my humanity and because I don't know how to dance and like, but Mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to just keep my heart open to what I think he's asking of me. And on the other side, I think it's even the same for, it's like some people are so used to this like outward, like expression of worship. And it's like, there needs to be a sensitivity again to like, what if God asks me to just stand there all night and would I be willing to do that? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think I get it. I get the struggle of like, do I have to look like everybody else? And am I missing something? Because it seems like everybody's hyped out of their mind and I'm just standing here. And it's kind of how this last week was at church. Mm. Um, I mean, that was December 11th, 2022. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, we're, we're recording this the week after, but like it was, there was an electric energy in there, mm. no matter if you were dancing or not. And then it, it, it really, yeah. So there was that. I'm sure people felt like, well, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm supposed to dance yeah. right now, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah. I, I love that you, you really brought it back full circle of like the heart of worship. It's like authentic ministering to the Lord mm-hmm. and being willing to do anything that he asks you to yeah. do. Which is hard. Oh yeah, I'm like Not that's easy. that's. I just said that in a, a constant very easy battle way. for me. Yeah. On, that's so good. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking about when I first started coming to River House. I thought, wow, people are jumping and dancing and twirling and yelling because it's hype, 
right. people are laying down because they're trying to get attention. Mm-hmm. This is entertainment mm-hmm. evangelism. Absolutely. Like, the, what a sad, toxic culture. <laughs> yep. And well, honestly, like, I was so <laughs> well, judgmental. Yeah. And it's funny I totally that, get that you know that mindset. Yeah. If anyone else feels that mindset, you know, you're not alone in that. And yet I needed my heart to be purified of some of that judgment. And it's funny in the same room that I used to judge so hard. Now all of the jumping and twirling and singing or laughing even, mm-hmm. I feel like gives me a sense of authenticity of worship and a permission to encounter the Lord. Yeah. However, I feel personally led to do so. Yeah. Um, so I, I love the way that you brought that back to submission to the Lord, keeping your ears open to what he has to say. I'm not going to kneel because the person next to me is kneeling and that's what I'm right. supposed to do, quote unquote. But I want to kneel if that's the posture my heart wants to take before yep. my sovereign king. Yes. In a moment of awe and wonder at his might, you know? Yeah. And just always checking my heart to be like, even if I am in my head about God, are you asking me to do this? Just asking myself, like, if he is like, am I willing? Because I think that's been, that's like a, it's different. Even it's different for me to think, I don't think he's asking me to do this right now. And, and maybe he isn't, but asking myself, like if he was right now, like, would I be willing? Cause that's hard like to do some of the things or foster myself in a way that, isn't my like normal thing hmm. that I do. I did some air quotes there, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hmm. if we can just be surrendered to him, it's like a, uh, you have victories and you have failures and you have moments of being not sure about what he was asking you to do and being tempted to compare and look around. But that's what he's asking for. Like he's not asking for perfection. Mm-hmm. He's just asking for a heart that is surrendered to him. Meaning like you're always trying, you're always trying to just tap more into like what he's asking of you. question i'm wondering as now you have expressed yourself in worship in a new newer way for you at least Mm -hmm. um and as river house encounters the holy spirit in different ways and in fresh outpourings have you received any pushback or sense of um not wanting to change or what yeah like pushback meaning like do you want to lead us as our worship leader in directions where the church is struggling to follow? Or um, have you even had any moments of criticism or something that you would be willing to let us into? I haven't ever like had personal moments with anyone. Praise God. (laughs) Where like, I just, I've never had somebody be really upset or really like frustrated. However, kind of through the grapevine and in conversations with other people in this church and leaders in this church, I've noticed that there's definitely people that have such a heart for people 
and wanting people mm. to feel like they're valued and like they're safe. Mm -hmm. And, um, with this like way of really trying to follow the Holy spirit, it's gone outside a lot of times of what a normal church service sh would or should maybe look like, um, according to like what we're used to. And so that's been like uncomfortable for a lot of people feeling really vulnerable, feeling really like unsafe even. Um, and so I think more than anything, I definitely have heard many different opinions just about worship, which is normal. I mean, mm -hmm. of course, <laughs> people yeah. have all, we all have our own opinions about the types of songs and the certain songs that we mm -hmm. love. And I get a lot of song recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah. That's nah. great. Keep them coming, everyone. <laughs> um, uh, but I think, I think for whatever reason, whether it's the leadership of the church or the Lord, like there's been a part of like my job that I've been a little protected. I think I haven't had to have a bunch of conversations with anyone who's been super upset. Um, although I'm sure there are certain people that mm -hmm. feel upset or feel hurt or feel unsafe with the ways of worship, especially maybe in the last few weeks. Um, and yeah, I think there's always a temptation in my heart. Um, cause I do like, I care about the people of this church. And so there's a temptation sometimes to maybe in how I pick songs or even in a moment of feeling like God wants us to sit in a moment or to sing spontaneously. There's like a temptation sometimes to be concerned that this is going to make certain people feel mm. uncomfortable or unsafe. And I have like this heart to like use my words sometimes to try to bring people yeah. into what's going on. And sometimes it's just like a blah, blah, blah moment. I um, think you do that really well. I've seen that happen a lot. I think you are, your, your title is worship director, but I think you do pastor the room very well sometimes Thanks. because I think what's cool is hearing you now you've walked through so much of this discomfort, this like struggling yes. with like, where's peace? Is this the Lord? All those things. And I think how beautiful to have a leader be able to be sensitive to those things in the church. Like I hope people listen to this that like are feeling that and know that they're guided and like shepherd by someone who's kind of feeling the same way too. Yes. I'm in it too. And yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't need to keep rambling at all, but you're not rambling. I think it's good. <laughs> I think that like this new move of things, like it's been weird for me too. And mm. I wouldn't want people to think that like they're behind or like somehow like not as spiritual or something. Uh -huh. Um, because it seems like the leadership or people on stage are just like all in this other world of worship or following the spirit that we're all just totally comfortable with. And like everybody else feels like, wait, why am I so behind? Or like, why am I so like not at this level or something? And that's just, it's not actually the case. And yeah. following the Holy spirit 
outside of what a church service looks like is literally something I've never experienced in my life. <laughs> and to have worship for an hour is absolutely weird. Like <laughs> in comparison to everything else I've experienced. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I don't feel, I don't feel a bunch of pushback from specific people. Although I know that some of that is probably protecting me from maybe having those conversations. Um, and so I know that there are definitely lots of us that are struggling with that. Um, but I also have received a lot of encouragement from a lot of people. And so I'm really thankful for that. Cause I think it's easy to assume what I said that like, I just like get all of this and it all makes sense to me. And so I'm just comfortable with it and mm. nobody's forcing me to do anything, you know, like I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to follow the Holy spirit yeah. and that's uncomfortable. And I wouldn't want somebody to honestly ever think that it was because wow. then they think that I get something that they don't. And that's really just not the case. <laughs> that's so good. I'm so thankful we had this conversation. <laughs> Cause I think word. that, I think that will free people. Oh, really? Yeah. I think that's so good. healthy. So thank you for being so honest with us. Uh, one thing I'd love to touch on before we wrap up is we just had a weekend, um, with Julian Adams here and already I know the Lord has been speaking long before he ever showed up too, but where do you feel like we're going as a church when it comes to worship, when it comes to that Sunday service, corporate time, where do you feel like you've, you're being led and maybe what you've yeah. been told, any of that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing that I was actually just talking to um, Pastor Jordan about um, that I think Julian said it. I actually wasn't there when he said it or maybe I wasn't. Oh my gosh. This is great. He said, uh, like the flow of worship that we're like in and continuing to like enter more into is to praise until we worship, meaning mm. like declaring those selfless truths about the Lord until our heart is like in it because sometimes mm. it's not yeah, like sometimes totally. we have to start without our heart really connected to what we're and so it's like that progression and then worship until the glory comes which is like then like it's our hearts are in it and we're worshiping and then it's like to like want and desire the presence of God and Jesus to like be close and to, for us to feel his closeness and that that's not like the agenda that we come in with, but that he was kind of prophesying like that, that is what he sees as like what's going to come in our worship. But that is that that's going to be a regular occurrence that we're going to be just like feeling the presence of the Lord and his glory. And then the last thing he said was like, and then we'll learn to like stand in his glory, which is kind of like, like, when God, like in the biblical times, like if he like encountered a person, it was like they couldn't stand in his presence. Um, and to like, I'm not even quite sure exactly what that's going to mean, except that it's like almost that idea of like when his, when we feel his presence or we feel like, whoa, God is like here and we can just feel him. It's like, we're going to be start maybe almost be discipled by the Holy spirit 
into like, what do we do in that moment? Mm. Like we want to continue to honor the Lord and we want to continue to like learn and be able to like grow from our encounters from him. And so like, we don't want to just be like, yay, the Lord is like doing something, (laughs) but like, we want to be able to be like, what do we do now? And he was just kind of prophesying that like, it's like we're in the beginning stage of this journey of like, we're learning that idea of like praise until we worship and that it's like selfless. It's not about me. Mm. It's unto him. And we're going to declare who he is, even when our hearts aren't aligned we're going to do it until our hearts align. And then from there, it's like these open hearts, like flowering before him, Mm. like we sung in that joyful, joyful song is like then this multiple space where he can come and we're like aware of him more and he's going to like start to do more um, as we continue to have this like openness, which is that it's that openness to the spirit that we've kind of been delving into a little bit. That's been awkward and uncomfortable. Um, But he also was prophesying that like, even in this time, there's been a lot of, maybe like disconnect or resistance in worship. And I think like my personal understanding of that is just that like, this has been a lot of new for a lot of us and we're kind of confused and uncertain about it. Um, And he was basically saying that season is like quickly coming to an end for us, meaning the season of like feeling confused and feeling like you don't quite get it. And so I just think whatever God is doing, like we're just going to keep trying to press in and we're going to keep pressing in. Like we've started to write some songs, which has been really cool. And we feel like the Lord's just been teaching us like there's more of me if you're willing to kind of continue to put yourself out there and to selflessly act, Mm -hmm. um, even if it feels uncomfortable for you. Um, So we're just going to keep trying to press in. We're not really going to try to back down. but we're like praying and I'm trying to trust the Lord that like this disconnect that we're feeling where some of us are feeling like this is hard and a struggle that whatever Julian meant by it coming to an end that like this church is maybe we're all going to like together get to this new place of worship rather than having to deal with just the flesh and the confusion of like what we know and even probably some attack from the enemy and that somehow all of that's going to be silenced and we're going to be in this like heavenly place as a church. Um, we just like, as I've stepped in this world, that's kind of been like the one thing that the Lord's put in my heart is like just heaven on earth. Like that's for whatever reason, the resounding three words that have, been in my heart for worship and so wow. that's not like a great like exact vision but that is like what I've been thinking about ever since Good. he was speaking about worship specifically for the church so good and praise God <laughs> beautiful and uh, uh, on earth as it is in heaven mm-hmm. yeah as like, the Lord has taught us to pray yeah so we are feeling led to worship like doesn't that feel like we're aligning with the will of the Lord yeah yeah. Praise God. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, in closing, I just want to honor you, Becca. You're such a gift to our community. You're a gift to this podcast in your authenticity, vulnerability. You know, I, I think you've led us in to like your heart with a little window of your own process. And I think this will be 
really healthy for people to listen to and process alongside you in some of these things. And also it gives me a greater trust for your leadership, knowing Mm -hmm. that you're listening to the Lord so well and that you're following him in faith. Um, So thank you for leading us in those spaces so well. We're really blessed to have your leadership. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Mm -hmm. I retweet everything he says. (laughs) (laughs) So thankful for you, honestly. Also, fun fact, Beck and I are desk mates in the office. True. And we don't get any work done. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, this is in close proximity. (laughs) Yeah. In close proximity, this is the most work we've got done ever is this podcast. This so praise the oh Lord. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> there the was Lord. a day that I remember you talked about high school musical for 47 oh minutes. My word. Yeah, that was, that was, that's just a very revealing sentence you just said on this podcast. Yeah. But wow. yeah, yeah. No, I'm not People ashamed at all of the gospel. <laughs> well, thank you all, listeners, for tuning in. We love you. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Feel free to join us in worship at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. And if you're listening to this before Christmas, Merry Christmas. Incredible. If you're listening to it afterwards, then Merry whatever you're doing. February. <laughs> yes. Merry February. Love you all. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>